When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Welcome, folks. This is Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show on WBC Talk Radio. It is always a privilege and pleasure for me to speak with you and to listen to you because we always do take your calls at the end of the show uh, about the impact of what's going on in Washington, how it will affect your pocketbook, how it affects the economy, how it affects your life. And so uh, thank you for our regular listeners. We have great ratings. And thank you if you're a new listener. I hope you enjoy the show. Um, I want to get right into it. Uh, first of all, I'm hopping mad about something that happened this week. It's not really related to the economy, but it is related to the shenanigans uh, and the chaos that's going on in Washington with respect to these indictments of Trump. Now, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a constitutional scholar, so I can't really get into uh, you know these various charges. But I will say this, that what I saw, and you may have heard about this, that the Biden prosecutors, and I'm going to call them the Biden prosecutors because these are all, all people in the in the Biden Justice Department, uh, basically have have declared in one of their subpoenas uh, uh, indictments that Donald J. Trump, the former president of the United States and the man who may well be president again, is a flight risk, a flight risk. Have you heard about this? I mean, is this the most absurd, crazy thing you've ever heard? What, Donald J. Trump is going to skip town? Uh, as uh, uh, many uh, commentators have said about this, I couldn't agree more. Wait a minute. Donald J. Trump is probably the most recognizable person on the planet today. Where is he going to escape to? How is, how is he going to escape the law? If he, is he going to go to Canada? Is he going to Cuba? Uh, you know, what, what are they talking about? And it is so crazy that they would declare uh, Trump a flight risk, that it just goes to show that these people, both on the prosecution side and the judge, the judge in this case, uh, gave a green light to declaring that Trump is a flight risk. Now, that tells you that J Donald J. Trump is not going to get a fair trial. I am sorry that <laughs> how could what are they going to do? Put ankle chains on Donald J. Trump? That's probably what they want to do. They want to put him in uh, iron chains so that he can't get away. This is all about a, de a Trump derangement syndrome that, that the left cannot overcome. And it is blinding them to their sensibilities. And again, I'm not, I, I can't comment on these cases and all these indictments. It's, it seems to me as a, as a kind of pedestrian in this that they're just throwing everything they can against the wall to see what sticks. Uh, I, I read the other day that, that, that you add up all these charges they brought against them, it's like 560 years in prison. I mean, this is laughable. 
Come on. This is the former president of the United States. He is likely to be the Republican nominee. And we now have our Justice Department and our judges uh, and our whole judicial system that is so biased that it's very difficult, in my opinion, for Trump to get any kind of fair hearing on this. And I don't know, by the way, I saw the president two weeks ago. I don't know how he holds up. You know, he has a sunny disposition. He's doing really well. He, we talked for about an hour about the economy and how we can get back to the the, uh, the boom that we had under Trump. And he's focused on that. He's focused on China. He's focused on the the border situation. He's focused on energy policy. And yet he has to spend all his time uh, in the right now responding to all these allegations by these uh, uh, corrupt Justice Department. So I'm going to leave it at that. But come on. Is there anybody out there who actually thinks that Donald J. Trump is a flight risk uh, to escape justice? Unbelievable. OK, I want to. Uh, by the way, we have a great show today. We're going to I'm so uh, proud of this. We have coming on in uh, about 20 minutes, uh, Harold Hamm. And for those who don't know who Harold Hamm is, he is really the godfather of the shale oil and gas revolution. He is uh, from Oklahoma. He's the one who discovered really the Bakken Shale in North Dakota, which opened the floodgates to American oil and gas. He is an incredible entrepreneur. Um, he's become a billionaire because of the success of what he's done. And what's really cool about uh, Harold Hamm, he has a new uh, book out called Game Changer, which I highly recommend. But one of the things that's amazing about uh, Harold Hamm is not only did he transform our energy industry almost overnight, making America the number one producer of oil and gas in the world until Biden came in and turned the spigots off. But he also he literally not figuratively, he literally grew up in a home without electric power and uh, and uh, uh, even running water. Uh, and so, you know, he grew up in a shack. I think he was the uh, the oldest of 11 kids. Uh, so the idea that he had white privilege, you can throw that out the window. He, he was poor as anyone could be growing up in rural Oklahoma and only in America, only in America, could someone like Harold Hamm uh, grow up dirt poor and become one of the richest people in the country. And it shows the Horatio Alger story is alive and well in this country. I mean, uh, the left hates the idea. They hate the idea that people can pull themselves up by their bootstraps and become rich. Uh, even though it happens every day in America. And so you look at the Fortune 500, uh, or the, I'm sorry, the four, 500 richest people in the world, most of them did not grow up rich. Most of them either grew up as middle class or poor, and they became millionaires and billionaires because of their own grit and determination and spirit of entrepreneurship, which is what America makes great. Great article, by the way, in the Wall Street Journal today on the editorial page about how the left hates Horatio Alger. They don't They don't like that story. They don't like the story that in America anyone can advance, that this is the land of opportunity. And I would recommend it to folks. I forget who the author of that is. Uh, Tim, if you can get that during the break so I can uh, find that story. But it is, uh, it is amazing to me that uh, who could be against Horatio Alger? Who could be? Why don't we teach kids? Instead of the fact, oh, if you're black or you're a minority or you're a woman or you're this or you're that, you can't succeed in America. No, we need to teach every American. It doesn't matter your income class. It doesn't matter your skin color. It doesn't matter what gender you have. It doesn't matter who your parents are. Anyone can succeed in this country. Anyone can. It would help if we had better schools for our low-income people uh, in our low-income families. I was lucky enough to go to a good 
grade school and high school and a good college. And I really benefited from that. And it's a shame that every child in America can't have access to a great education. But of course, the Democrats don't want that because the Democrats care more about the teachers unions than they do about the kids that are being gypped and robbed of a great education. So uh, I wanted to get that off of my chest, two items uh, there. But uh, in the in the few minutes we have left, and by the way, I will be um, taking your calls, I promise. I think the last two weeks, I think I've broken my promise. Well, I took a couple calls last week, but the week before we had a guest that was so fantastic that we, we used up the full hour. But Mr. Producer, we will be taking calls and that number uh, for the More Money Hotline, we'll do that at about quarter to uh, two. Uh, that number is 1-800-848-9222. And by the way, I'd love people's reaction to the to these two items I just talked about. Uh, the Horatio Alger. Is Horatio Alger, do you think that story of rags to riches really still exists in America? I do. But if you don't, I'd love to hear why. But also, the idea. do you think that, I want to hear somebody call in and tell me they think that Donald Trump is a flight risk. Okay, I want one person to call in. I think the only two people in the in the whole world who think that that Trump would be a flight risk are the prosecutor and the judge in this case. Uh and that is uh kind of and maybe the jury. We don't know who the jury is at, at this point in these cases. Um uh, I want to make one other uh quick point. I hope that you're all getting my uh Committee to Unleash Prosperity hotline that comes out every morning. Uh, five mornings a week, that is. And you can read this thing in five minutes. And for regular listeners, you know, I talk a lot about this because we're really proud of this product. And I do. I put it together with four or five real experts, John Fund, a political expert. And uh, we've got uh, people, experts in regulation and uh, politics and everything. And and I think you'll really love this product. And it's free. It doesn't cost anything. I'm not selling you anything, folks. Just go to Committee to Unleash Prosperity website and sign up and we will send it to you for free. And if you like it, you'll continue to get it five mornings a week. And if you don't like it, you could just unsubscribe. But I know there are a lot of these newsletters, but uh, Newt Gingrich the other day told me he thought he thought this was the best and the must read uh, of all of these products. So go to Committee to Unleash Prosperity website, uh, Committee to Unleash Prosperity dot com and sign up and we will start sending that to you in about a week. But one of our lead items this week had to do with uh, this uh, story that Joe Biden has put out this this uh, graph that went viral on the Internet. It's a chart that shows that. Uh, According to Biden, he has created more jobs than any other president in American history. He's the number one job creator. Joe Biden is. And I'm looking at this chart. More jobs than under Clinton. More jobs than under Trump. More jobs than under Ronald Reagan. And I'm thinking, that doesn't ring true to me. I mean, Reagan and Clinton and Trump created a lot of jobs. (laughs) How is he saying he's created more jobs? And so I looked at the chart. And here's what they did, folks. And I think you'll just love this. Uh, (laughs) I mean, it's, it's just so devious and deceptive. What he did was he counted the three or four or five million jobs that came back when COVID ended. In other words, these were jobs that Trump created, right, during his tenure when the economy was booming. And then, as you know, in 2020, we very foolishly and hope we will never do this again. Many states like New York and New Jersey and Connecticut and uh, Rhode Island and California shut down their economy. So all of a sudden you had 20 million people thrown out of their jobs. And then, of course, when Biden came into office, COVID was essentially over, thanks to Operation Warp Speed. And so we had so all of a sudden all the jobs came back and then Biden's taking credit for that. <laughs> I mean, I, so if you take out the jobs that already existed, it, and I said this on Fox the other day, I'll say it again on this show. I, even if Donald Duck had been elected president in 20, 
uh, 20, we would have those jobs would have come back. So if you take out those jobs that were just the return of the jobs once the economy reopened, Biden has a poor record of employment. And one of the reasons he has a poor record of employment is because he gave out all this welfare benefits to people that kept them out of the workforce. So lies, damn lies and statistics. That's what you're getting from the Biden administration. And you cannot trust one word that comes out of his Council of Economic Advisors or even sometimes the president himself. Okay, I've talked too long. Uh, We will be back in one minute. Um, This is the More Money Show on WBC Talk Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show. And now we get to uh, a segment that I've really been waiting uh, anxiously to do for all week when when my friend Harold Hamm agreed to come on the show. Harold is the head of Continental Energy. He is a, a true hero of the um, shale oil and gas revolution. I call him the godfather of the shale oil and gas revolution. He also has a new book out that I think is really inspiring uh, that everyone um, should get. And Harold, so good to be with you again. Uh, thanks so much for joining. Hey, Steve. Good to be with you as always. So thanks again. Uh, tell us about Groundbreaking, this great new book that you wrote. And and I wanted to ask you uh, one specific question. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal this morning. I don't know if you saw it, but it was uh, about why the left does not believe that Horatio Alger's story. And Harold, I believe, I may be wrong about this, but I believe you've won an Horatio Alger award. Uh, is the Horatio Alger story alive and well in America today? <laughs> well, Steve, it certainly is. And, <clears throat> yeah, I'm very proud of uh, being awarded that back in 2016. And, uh, you know, I've seen so many uh, worthy people that's, that have been awarded that. It is a very exclusive. Uh, you know, it's not everybody that they pick for that. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, uh, also, along with uh, starting from absolutely nothing or less than nothing, yep. uh, and up against all the hardships, but overcoming those and and gaining a lot of uh, uh, high principles and qualities that have endured through your lifetime and and helped you build, uh, you know, uh, some some sort of wealth, perhaps, and yep. also how how you've uh, helped other people. Uh, along the way, so it's the racial Alger story is all well and good, and it certainly is. <laughs> so, what would you say, Harold? You know, for aspiring entrepreneurs like you are, what are the two or three factors that are most important in succeeding uh, when you're building yourself up from the ground up? Well, it's uh, keep your eye on the ball, keep focused, uh, don't give up. Uh, you know, I've got a whole list of them in my book, Game Changer, uh, as to how to how to follow that, and what to do. Uh, but all those principles uh, that you learn in life that are so important: hard work, yep. uh, strong ethics. Uh, you know, you can't replace those. Uh, you have to have those good communication skills. All those yep. things. Maybe a little bit of luck. They've left a thirteen kid. Uh, my mom yep. and dad, they could have quit at 12. I had a full dozen. <laughs> uh, you know, but they I went there, for a baker dozen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think there is luck. You know, I feel in my life, I'm not 
one tenth as successful as you've been. But I've been really blessed, you know, and 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 luck is part of it. But you've got to be prepared for when those opportunities, uh, you know, uh, appear in front of you, right? <laughs> and so uh, it is it is absolutely true that sometimes I always feel like God was pushing me in the right direction, a kind of uh, you know force beyond myself. But um, tell me about how it is that this whole shale revolution happened. Because if we were talking 20 years ago and you came on the show and said, oh, we're going to triple our oil and gas production and we're going to find new ways to get oil and gas in Oklahoma and Texas and North Dakota and West Virginia, you know, people would have said, that guy's crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking about, but it has happened. How, what, how did it happen? Well, this book gets into it and it tells a story about how it came about. And, you know, it wasn't uh, like you imagine, you know, uh, technology from huge, super large companies and all that. I mean, that didn't play into it at all. What what came, how it came about was from, uh, uh, you know, drillers' uh, uh, experience, uh, trial and error, uh, an idea uh, as to how it could, how, uh, how, how new production could be brought about and right. all the blood, sweat and tears, uh, you know, that it, that it took for the past almost 50 years, uh, to get this, uh, this going. And, uh, so yes, it, uh, it, it's given us the ability to produce basically the source beds themselves. And that, that is the shales, uh, you know, where oil and gas is formed. Uh, from organic material uh, left eons ago, and it's all natural. And uh, but wow. basically, uh, horizontal drilling—that one thing uh, yeah. that we created—gave us access uh, to those shales and the ability to, uh, you know, produce them. And and what what has resulted has been nothing short of phenomenal. Uh, gave us energy independence. Uh, an energy renaissance that nobody thought we could ever yeah. turn around the terminal decline that we had. Yeah, I remember, I remember when you and I first met, which was, I don't know, 15 years ago or so, and you were telling me about this, and I didn't, I didn't even believe it, Harold. <laughs> when you said, what, you know, the, the revolution that was coming, I thought this guy's been drinking too much, and it was only 1 o'clock in the afternoon when we met. But it, it really has come to fruition, and one of the things I learned from you was that Everybody talks about fracking, you know, and that's become kind of a dirty word on the left fracking as if some kind of sinister force. But you tell people exactly what horizontal drilling is, because it seems like it's kind of an obvious idea that you'd be able to drill down a mile or two and then go in, in horizontal directions like a spider web. But what what made that possible? Well, we got to a point that we were actually uh uh, I was in a contract drilling business. I uh, had 26 drilling rigs, and we were actually drilling underneath cities with highly deviated wells uh, right. for recovering stranded gas under those. And and through this uh, exercise, we figured out that shoot, we we go also go horizontal, and uh, and did that in an instance or two, and then start looking for the right application for that. And we found it, wow. I found it, uh, in North Dakota in, in what's known as the Cedar Hills field. And that was the yeah. first ever 
horizontal oil field drill strictly with horizontal wells. And uh, and anyway, uh, nobody else. Me and one other company is the only one that ever drilled a well in there. And we got ready to go. I knew, you know, that had uh, a lot of really uh, 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 a lot of risk here because everybody else bailed out. And uh, yeah. so, amazing, <laughs> yeah. And so the the uh, the process of cracking through this shale rock formation, I find to be really fascinating because what? How do you do that? How do you get through? Because this is like iron plates of you know, this oil and gas is stored under on, in these deposits that are, you know, very thick, almost iron, uh, you know, formations. And how are you able to get through that and get to that oil and gas? Well, it, uh, you know, it, it is, it's like a very dense material. Uh, like the Bakken Trail looks like concrete almost, but it does have a, a small amount of frosting and fracturing in it. And, Anyway, the wellbore exposure helped, helps you a lot. And in Cedar Hill, for instance, was in the Red River B formation there, and that was enough, uh, you know, to make it produce. Once you put about a mile of uh, horizontal wellbore exposed uh, to this formation, then it would produce on its own, and it wasn't stimulated at all. And wow. but with the Bakken, that's a different story. And so we had to had to use the propent, uh, you know, uh, hydraulic uh, fracturing of the rock yep. and yep. Uh, and and sand uh, for propent. Uh, and once once uh, you know was able to pump into it, and uh, and then that that turned it on. And and what mm-hmm. what you have to know is that eighty five percent of the reserves on Earth is in these source beds. And uh, mm-hmm. that sourced the oil itself. About 15% leaked off, and that's what we've been living on for the last 150 years. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, that that was uh, kind of dwelling away. So now we have a, a great new resource that uh, is going to be around for the next 1,500 years. So the whole story of oil and gas development for the last 100 and some years has really been that technology uh, like the technologies that you've helped develop, have run much faster ahead than depletion of the resource. And I remember when I was in high school, uh, Harold. I mean, I was taught that we only have 20 years of oil left, and that it, we're going to d- drill the last. And that was back in the late 70s. They were telling us that and we're living in the year 2023, and we haven't we haven't by any means drilled the last barrel of oil. In fact, it seems like the reserves continue to grow as the technology improves. But, uh, by the way, would you agree with that? Or No, absolutely. I mean, that's exactly everybody talks about peak oil. It has peaked out and then was in a decline period of production. Everybody called that terminal decline. It's just going to be produced uh-huh. out and that's it. And uh, so, anyway, that we went against the grain. I'm kind of a contrarian, and uh, you know, thought, well, there's the different things we can do, and certainly uh, reaching the uh, source beds and producing them, uh, you know, it's been nothing short of phenomenal when you think about it, uh, you know, and what it's done with in- energy independence for this country, but also uh, what it means around the world. It actually yep. means peace in the world. 
Uh, you yep. think of all the shipments uh, that we sent to uh, Europe and Great Britain last winter, uh, basically they would have been real cold after Russia shut off their gas supplies, uh, you know, to, after the uh, U- mm-hmm. Ukrainian in, 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 uh, uh, invasion. Uh, that would have been real bad. Uh, but anyway, it, we prevented that. <laughs> you did. So the book, by the way, I'm speaking to Harold Hamm, who's the president of Continental Energy. He is also um, uh, the author of a great new book, just came out a few weeks ago. It's already on the bestseller list called Game Changer. And uh, you've done an amazing job with that book. And you had a piece in the Wall Street Journal, I think it was earlier this week, which I found fascinating, where you said all the experts in Washington for the last 50 years have always been wrong about their prediction about what's going to happen with the energy markets, that that these pinheads in Washington who are supposed to be experts, they keep getting it wrong. And it's the people out in the field like yourself that are moving much faster than uh, than the politicians are. Well, yeah, they've just been uh, really wrong. Hey, on both sides of the aisle, it's nonpartisan, both sides of the aisle have been wrong. Uh, and it talks about in my book uh, the fact that we need to get a policy on energy from one administration yep. to the other because it, it is so important uh, for mm-hmm. it to do and get it right. And uh, so... You know, we need to we need to be in an era of abundance here in America. It's so much better, yep. better for consumers uh, to have confidence that you know they're going to have heat and cool and uh, uh, gasoline for the cars and diesel. And uh, you know these great plays that we brought on are going to be around a long time. So, yeah, the administration yeah. needs to get it right, but they <laughs> they keep doubling down on wrong. Yeah, right, right, and. Uh, so, Harold, we only have a few minutes left, and I want to go to a speed round if you, if with you, if I can, um, and just ask you some uh, questions that already I'm getting some of my callers are emailing in and asking me. So, one is, what about um, there? There have been two objections to the shale oil and gas just uh, you know revolution. One is earthquakes. Does this cause earthquakes? It, no, it doesn't. Uh, you know. Uh, what kind of earthquakes? Uh, you can uh, uh, cause earthquakes uh, by some of the in, injection wells that uh, you know that aren't drilled to the drilled to the right location, or right depth, and right. go into basement rock. Uh, and so uh, pe- people are not doing that now. Uh, the regulators uh, and the industry have basically uh, stop that practice. And so, anyway, but it, they weren't bad earthquakes. Uh, we had one in Oklahoma that uh, did, did some damage. To, uh, and, but, you know, overall, they're uh, around a two. Or you can't feel them. You have to get up to about a three before you feel them. Uh, so, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, Okay. What what about pollution? I I hear that I hear uh, opponents saying that uh, that this causes water pollution and it's polluting the drinking water. You know, Steve, we had a lot of disparagers, uh, and you talked about uh, they put the F word on us. Uh, mm-hmm. Russia, for instance, spent five hundred million dollars. Uh, this has been proven by House of Representatives investigation. They they spent five hundred million dollars on adverse propaganda 
against this industry when they saw wow. the success that we were having with horizontal drilling. They didn't want that wow. spread around the world, but they thought their natural gas supplies in Russia would go to zero. And so uh, they spent all that money uh, in, in, in every way to disparage our industry. They took the F word on, on fracking, uh, you know, uh, all those <clears throat> all those horrible things. And one of the things that they said was that, you know, if anybody ever seen Gasland, uh, you know, uh, yeah. that's, that's one yeah. of the deals. Uh, yeah. It's going to pollute all the water in America. Wrong. Uh, you know, there's not been any <laughs> instances of pollution. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's just it's directly propaganda. Okay, uh, two more quick questions, and then we've got a break. Uh, I'm talking to Harold Hamm, uh, who is the author of a great new book called Game Changer. Um, what, what's going to happen with the price of oil? Uh, price, I think, is about $84 a barrel today. Do you expect that to go up? Do you expect it to go down? What, what do you see in the future? You know, for proper investment to happen in this industry, you're going to need oil in the mid-80s. Uh, right. Whether we like it or not, we had inflation happen. Uh, we're not going to have $60 oil, $50 oil. I mean, yep. if, you know, our, our cost been inflated 25% just like everybody else's. And it's not going down. That won't yep. go away. It's just like your grocery's not going to get a lot cheaper. Uh, you know, it's just not going to happen. Uh, once so inflation th- happens, you're stuck with yep. it. So we need, we so need I- oil in the 80s. When I first met you, you uh, you talked about Saudi America, and I love that phrase, Saudi America. Uh, so final question, Harold, is the United States of America running out of oil and gas? It's not. And uh, we've got a 100-year supply of natural gas at least. Uh, we'll be uh-huh. uh, supplying America adequately for the next 50 years. And I want to say something about that article you wrote, you know, that 2011, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, you were. Was uh, it twelve years ago I wrote that? Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> twelve years ago, amazing uh, article, and I'm sure yeah. that everybody rolled their eyes somewhat uh, when they read that. But you know, that's exactly what took place. That's exactly yeah. what happened. Yeah. Well, you, know, well, we you called it, Harold. I mean, you you were the one who called it, and uh, I was proud of being able to write. That was one of the most read. Articles I ever wrote for the Wall Street Journal on uh, Saudi America. Harold Ham sees the future, folks. Get his new book. Harold, appreciate so much your being on the show, uh, and let's have you on again soon. And good luck with the book. I'm, I know it's going to stay on the bestseller list, folks. We got about three minutes left. I promised I'd take a few calls, Mister Producer. Do we have any callers? Okay, Tony. Very quickly. Quickly. Hey, Steve, thank you for taking my call. So, you know, our bonds were downgraded. Uh, Fitz downgraded our bonds. Uh, yep. Biden is just sucking up all our resources. Um, we have, uh, believe it or not, even back in May, though, 53% of the Americans are distrusting the Bidens for money laundering. Yep. And all yep. our illegals, the illegals are sucking up all our resources in and space and so i have renamed binomics if i could tell you it's called biden colonics i (laughs) I like it okay tony thanks thanks tony great great call all right see you do we have time for one more caller mr producer gordon thanks for calling Uh, yes uh, i have an interesting story on the horatio make it quick make it quick 
<laughs> An erasureologist theme. Many yes, hurry, ago, quick, quickly. Okay, many years ago, a young man started a store selling yeah. items for five cents each. That store yep. failed. He, start, he tried again. He started a store selling items for 10 cents each. That failed. Tried a third time selling items on one side of the store for five cents and another and on the other store aside for 10 cents. And that time the store was a big success. And, and who was that? Fr- that is how Frank Woolworth got started ah! in business. <laughs> oh, that is a great story. I mean, I love that. Thanks so much, Gordon, for t- telling that story. And by the way, we could tell that story tens of thousands of times of people who've really made it in America with great ideas. I guess, could we squeeze in one more caller, Mr. Producer? No more. Okay, folks, it's been uh, wonderful to be with you. Please get um, that book by Harold Hamm called uh, Game Changer. He has been an amazing entrepreneur. And what a story this is. And uh, I wanted to mention one other quick thing. Please do get our Committee to Unleash Prosperity hotline. Go to our Committee to Unleash Prosperity website. Get it. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, And if you like it, we'll keep sending it to you. It's free. It costs nothing. There is no inflation at the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. Uh, But all you have to do is go to the website and sign up. Uh, We have so many people at the Wall Street Journal and Fox News who are reading it. My great friend, John Fund, who's one of the top political analysts in the country, is a major contributor to the uh, to the hotline. And we want to keep you informed. We want you to be the smartest person in the room. And how do you do that? You read the Wall Street Journal editorial page every day. I hope you're all doing that. But also get the Committee to Unleash Prosperity hotline. Uh, I can't tell you how many congressmen, senators have come up to me and said, Steve, I read this every day because I want to be informed. And when you read the lies of what's going on in Washington today, you have to have the best information. One final statistic to think about. For every hour the major media has spent talking about Hunter Biden, the media has spent 20 hours talking about Donald Trump. Do you think that's fair? No, we do not have a fair media in America today, folks. Have a great weekend. This is Steve Moore signing off. This is the More Money Show on WABC Radio.